broadcast is now starting. All attendees are in listen-only mode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mobile Transformation, Episode 2. We're going to talk about top strategies for driving mobile growth and revenue with a special guest speaker from Guess. But before we kick off, a couple of quick housekeeping items. The first is we've muted the audio. Um, nevertheless, we highly encourage everybody to ask questions. The easiest way to ask questions is in the chat window. At the end, assuming there's some time, we will uh, take a couple of questions and have our guest speaker answer them. Also, we are recording this and we will send this episode out tomorrow. Uh, so it'll be prepared and turned around pretty quickly. And then, of course, at the very end, there's a pretty standard survey. Uh, any information you can give us about how to improve these webinars, we would greatly appreciate. Also, we have our third episode on mobile transformation on June 27th. And if you want to RSVP for that, uh, please go to this link. Again, we'll send this information out tomorrow, so you'll have that as well. But feel free to go to this link now, and you can RSVP for our third one. Some quick introductions. I'm Jim. I am a director of partner growth at Branch, and I'm going to invite Hasib to introduce himself. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Jim. Uh, my name is Hasib Tariq. I'm a mobile marketing expert by profession, entrepreneur by heart, social activist by passion, and learner by choice. I am associated with a nonprofit organization, Decontrolled Extremism, and recently I got myself into a voice artificial intelligence startup uh, because voice is the future of e-commerce. And uh, last but not least, I'm currently working with Gas, which is one of the biggest and most iconic apparel companies in downtown LA, uh, leading their mobile marketing strategy and partnerships. Awesome. Hasib, it's always a little intimidating to talk to you because you do so much, but thank you very much for joining us on this. Not my pleasure. Uh, quickly, before we kick off, the obligatory uh, 30 seconds on branch. So this slide is a, a little bit of an eye chart, but the idea here is that branch is a tool that's used to make sure your users get the best experience on mobile and that you get the attribution you need. Uh, native apps have fragmented the mobile market in a difficult way to rectify, and branch provides an infrastructure layer that helps overcome that. With that said, let's jump into some of our questions. And Hasib, I'm going to start grilling you. Um, here's the agenda, very, very briefly, and then let's uh, let's dive into it. So, first question: Guest has become one of today's most recognized and influential apparel brands in the world, and part of that is due to your work in mobile. I'd love to hear about when Guest decided to enter the mobile space and what you were trying to achieve by becoming mobile focused. Sure, so uh, for us, mobile is mobile customer experience, is more than an app. So um, just to give you a background of uh, Guess as a brand, uh, we have uh, Guess, which is our main uh, brand, and then we have sister brands, which is Guess Factory, which is most uh, fo mostly focused on families. Then we have G by Guess, which is focused on most younger audience. And then we have Marciano, which is our upscale brand. Uh, so I'm managing four uh, US and two Canada apps, and at the same time, focusing on uh, the mobile customer experience of uh, our customers. Um, so we started focusing on uh, mobile uh, 
when our revenue started hitting more than 50% of our total e-com revenue. And uh, since then, it's been continuing to grow, and uh, we have been heavily focused on making all of our customer journeys mobile customer um, and making it easier for them to 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 continue the flow all the way from their all the way from their mobile experience to their web experience to their offline experience and how we can ma- make it uh, more mobile friendly. Fifty percent is sort of an interesting benchmark. I, my hunch is you saw the trend happening much sooner, and you saw more and more consumers shifting to mobile, as we've sort of seen in the world. Um, what made that 50% number so special where you decided to focus more on that? So I have um, I understand mobile and the value of it, but in a big organization like Get, it's hard to to, to show that value early on, especially without those numbers. And uh, when we hit the number 50, and the, it was so easy to, to prove that uh, what the trend is and show, showing the trajectory that we have we hit the 50% mark and then we are still moving uh, upward from there. The trend is uh, mobile, mobile, mobile. So that that really helped me make the case in front of everyone within the organization and also everyone else over here understand that that's a feature and I think we should be heavily focused on that. So I think that was like kind of a, a number to put it in those presentations to make it easier for everyone to understand the value of it. That makes perfect sense. And I'm wondering how that dovetails with the fact that you're managing four different apps because either you were incredibly persuasive and said, not only should we do this, but we should we should go big and build out four separate apps. Or there was some understanding beforehand where they recognized, uh, or guests recognized that maybe for each of the brands they needed to build out their own native experience. Talk us through that. So um, our brands are uh, they are connected somehow, but at the same time they have a different audience. and every audience have a different needs. And uh, if you have one experience for all those different, uh, demographics at the same time different um, age uh, age groups. It's harder for you to personalize and make that experience better. Um, it's easier for us to try some of the stuff to our younger audience first, which is our GBGS app, and then see how it works over there, and then move those learnings from that app to our different apps. Uh, similar to how Facebook is doing, they do like A/B test and also focus heavily on doing testing in some of the demographics. And then when they, they, they are successful in that, then they roll those new features out globally. So we're kind of like replicating that strategy and focusing on um, bringing new ideas in one app, try that, how it works, and see if it doesn't work over there. It works great over there. Let's try it on a new app also, the other one, and see how it goes over there. And and, and that's kind of where like, it makes it easier for us uh, not to roll those new features all to all the apps, but sometimes it's harder to make sure that uh, we are aligned in terms of branding and at the same time with all the features. We'll come back to this a little bit later, but talk to us about some of the testing you do. It sounds like that's very important and having specific platforms to be able to test with small populations before rolling out more broadly is, is important to guess. How do you think about testing and what initiatives do you think about testing? So, um, Testing is something I think which is super important for anything you're rolling out, it, no matter if it's a marketing campaign, it's a, it's a small, simple uh, email, or it's an ad, or it's a, you're launching a new app and you are showing it to different kind of audience. And uh, 
uh, we were not focused on uh, those tests earlier on uh, when I joined in, and later on, uh, we try to focus as much as we can on doing as much uh, test as we can. Uh, so we do multivariate testing. Uh, some of you guys are familiar with A-B testing, where you have two different scenarios you test through, but in multivariate tests, you put five, six, or more than that, vari variations of the same idea or the same product or same new features and see which one is working better, uh, test it for a few months, and then uh, minimize those tests all the way to two, which is A-B test, and then move on to the, the final winner. So so we, we try to do that in all our marketing campaigns, um, especially our push messages, uh, push notifications, the segments we make. Uh, we are moving more towards the features now, uh, not yet there, but we're trying to add uh, multivariate testing on all of our screens. So if you, you may be looking at uh, that banner on the top and then someone else using the same app will be looking at that banner in the bottom. Uh, same with uh, some of the features like chat stylus, you may be not, um, we may not be showing it to some of our customers who we think are misusing it and at the same time using it, showing it to our high value customers. So, so doing the, 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 these kind of tests makes it easier for us not to just throw it out and wing it and, 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 and wait for those results rather than going giving it to the customer who really understand that value of that specific feature and see how they behave and then take it from there. That's great. And actually, let's move on from that. Let's use that to dovetail into the next set of questions around acquisition and discovery. Uh, this is a very broad topic. And so I've got a couple of different questions for you here. But one thing that you and I have chatted about in the past is the number and diversity of tools that Guess uses. And I'm thinking both to measure success and then to perform some of these tests and support your mobile strategy. Can you talk uh, talk to us about some of the tools and, and platforms that you use to support acquisition and discovery? Sure, yeah. First, I think I, will, I would love to give shout out to Branch. Branch is a good tool. Um, and I think that really helps you do a lot of things which you you, you you usually don't imagine doing, especially deep linking and those kind of things. So that's a good tool, branch. I'll, I'll, you, should, you should go try that. Other than that, we as a guest, I think we have a lot of tools in here because we have different departments working along with you, with each other. Um, our, our Salesforce, which is the, here, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, which we use heavily for our emails. Then we have Adobe for our analytics. Then we are using a lot of mobile apps only tool uh, for messaging. We are using Urban Airship. Then we have attribution tools like AppStyre. So, uh, and then for segmentation, we have different tools. Then we are using Looker dashboards for visualizing all those uh, those different metrics, understanding which campaigns are working. Uh, so there are tons of tools, but at the same time, um, the good thing is that uh, when you're using all those tools, you understand which, which, uh, what is the value of each tool. And if you try to have, um, like, make use of all those tools and personalize, uh, I think that is something which is super important and we're trying to achieve. We don't have one platform we, where we connect all the data, but that's the feature which I'm seeing, uh, kind of like redesigning the retail uh, for next generation using personalization. Because, like, I, I think I was reading somewhere that 73% of consumers uh, purchase more from any brand if you personalize their experience, 73%, which is a big number. 
Absolutely. Well, and, and this leads to a, a question. I mean, the tools are only good insofar as you're able to design strategies around them. Personalization is a great one. Um, is there a particular strategy that has worked incredibly well for you when it comes to acquisition and discovery? So in terms of acquisition, um, I think there are a couple of things which is the great that like we are not like our, our app, especially if I'm talking about mobile apps, uh, we are generating a lot of organic traffic, uh, especially like for example, when you when you buy something online or offline and you sign up for uh, our guest list program, which is our loyalty account uh, or loyalty program, um, you receive an email with a confirmation of your order, and then we push you to download the app for the tracking purposes, for tracking your order, for returns and those kind of things. So so they are already qualified as uh, our loyal customers. At the same time, we see the value of that customer is super high. We are not pushing it as an ad. So for that reason, I think that the, the organic um, like channel is something which is which really works for us. Uh, and at the same time, we work with a lot of partners. It, it can be affiliate partners, can be branding partners, and that's something uh, which is really helpful also because they bring some kind of connection with the brand already and they stick with us for a longer time. That makes perfect sense. I, I'm curious if you can even share with us um, an example of some campaign that you've run in the past that's that's actually resulted in a significant source of new traffic. Mm -hmm. So uh, we did a partnership with um, T-Mobile. Uh, T-Mobile Tuesday is, uh, um, is, is uh, T-Mobile's marketing campaign plus giveaway offers, as they do every week on Tuesdays. Uh, we did a partnership with them and that generated us a huge number of uh, app downloads. Uh, we pushed uh, our customers to download the app and get $1.10 off on their first purchase. Uh, and that generated a ton of traffic and that lasted a long time also. So that was a successful one and we plan to do another one with them soon. Um, so partnership is something which is super, super helpful for us and especially for a brand like us, uh, working with influencers and uh, different partners especially uh, creating different campaigns with influencers like JLo, uh, who's our guest girl right now. Uh, we did a couple of good campaigns with her uh, where we promoted uh, her concert and meet and greet. Uh, we called it JLo Experience, where we sent um, a selected few customers of ours to go meet her in Vegas and also uh, experience the, the uh, JLo show as well as uh, we, we took the, those customers to our stores in Vegas, and so that, and we did it all through two different things. We asked them to uh, sign up for our sweepstakes and uh, push them through QR code so they can scan that QR code and open a completely different experience, which we call Jill Experience. So, so doing the, those kind of partnerships, no matter if it's a, a brand partnership or an influencer partnership, that really worked for us. And Hasib, you've talked about uh, the value of partnerships here, which I think <clears throat> resonates with a lot of folks. But there's some danger because if you don't invest in the right partnerships, um, you might not succeed. And it's difficult to suss out what those right partnerships are. How did you think about this? So um, we we did a lot of uh, data 
data mining and understanding using data, which partner to go with. The good example is looking at who is the similar, who, who owns the similar audience as what you're targeting for your customers. Uh, so if you can figure that out, there can be different ways for each brand. Uh, I can give you a couple of examples. Like you can look at all your purchase history and figure out if someone is coming in from a certain city, certain location, certain um, interest. Uh, you can do different, um, uh, send uh, different, um, uh, I'm not sure if, if, if I'm, if I'm uh, saying it correctly, but you can ask them to do certain actions with you to understand what their what their hmm. uh, interest is. So sending different kind of experience to them and understanding your customers first and then look looking at who has a similar customer base and going to them. I think that's something which is good. Like we figured out that T-Mobile, we have, uh, our customers have uh, inclination towards T-Mobile and they are T-Mobile customers. And when we went and tested that, that really worked for us. It can be different. Like you can look, okay, which banks they're using. You can look at which other uh, places they're visiting, uh, which uh, other uh, cell phone companies is one like T-Mobile, Verizon, which company they're using, or it can be if they're using different music companies, like we, we, we did, we were planning to do a Spotify campaign, which didn't work, but there are different options where you are strategies which you can use to understand your similar audience and go uh, connect with those brands. Sometimes it works, sometimes it does not. You take like six months, eight months of your work to do work, uh, try to figure out how you can have that partnership and you run that campaign, but it's a good test. It's uh, especially in these kind of partnership where you are not uh, throwing out a lot of dollar amount uh, and it's easy to implement. I think it's worth, worth uh, trying a lot of, uh, for I'm, I'm sure that there are different people in the in the audience right now who have uh, never experienced that. So I think it's something which you guys should try. Uh, go and see what brands are. It, it it cannot be a competitor, but at the same time, some like a lot of SaaS companies are doing something similar. Also, they do cross branding promotions where they create content and share it with their uh, brands which are using something similar and try to push it through them. So, so there are different strategies which you can use. Sometimes it will work, but it's a good test to do. I, I love that advice. And so let's say that uh, members of our audience have gone out, they've built these partnerships. Let's actually switch gears to talking about once they've acquired these users, how they retain and engage them. And so I'd love to pick your brain on this. As you're thinking about uh, making mobile a priority, as guests shifted to do more of that, I'm curious what role the native app played in the overall strategy. And then I've got a couple of follow-up questions. Sure. Uh, so making those uh, things, when you retain those customers, how can you engage? So there are different strategies which we use uh, at guests. Um, so if you're downloading the app and signing up, uh, the only way you can sign up is we push our customers to sign up for our guest list program, which is a loyalty program, uh, because we think that if you're downloading an app, you're taking an extra step uh, by trying to connect with the, the brand, and you you we think that you're a loyal customer. That's why you're going and downloading the app, and we ex expect you uh, to to give us uh, your information so that we can make your experience better. Uh, the the so the big example is we have a chat stylus inside of our app, which is 
we, we are not giving that experience anywhere other than mobile apps. So if you are signing up for our, our, any of our app, you can go in and there is a chat stylist. It's not a bot, it's not a chat bot. It's a real person sitting, talking to you, understanding what you're, uh, what, what exactly you're looking for and suggesting you uh, the whole uh, look, which you should buy, which will look good on you, which will look uh, based on your event or based on your interest. So that is something which we we, th we think that is a value for our customer by giving them more than what they can in any other channel and making that, we can make that experience better because we have native uh, mobile apps. It's harder to do it in other platforms uh, or other channels. Uh, at the same time, we can uh, ask them for information which, and they're connected through their account. So that's easy for us to gather that information, give them more personalized uh, response and most, most personalized uh, ideas uh, regarding what exactly their style is, their fashion is, what should they buy. I love this idea. It's almost a, a personal stylist in your pocket in the native app. I, I, and so as a consumer, I love this, but as a business, you've got to be thinking, does this move the needle? Is this actually helping retain and engage our users? And you've got to measure that. So as you're thinking about that, what are the KPIs that you index yourself against, index the success against to determine whether it's worth investing time and energy and effort into these initiatives? Yeah, so um, like I mentioned earlier, like 73% of consumers purchase more from a brand that personalizes their experience. I think that's a big thing. And then we, we see that happening when someone is having an experience with another chat stylist. Um, they, they, and when we see their lifetime value, we see that increasing over time. And uh, we started this as a test when we launched it uh, for first six months and then since then we never removed it and we based on that we are adding a new um, program which is separate to that but creating more programs where we are giving our customers um, stylist experience and giving them uh, more places to connect with us and that, that that's that's where it all started so it is really working for us, and I think there are other brands who are doing something similar too. Um, uh, but there are a lot which can be done, and I think there are a few new technologies which are out there which can make it easier for brands to do it on scale. Uh, we are testing some of them. Uh, it can be AR, it can be through voice, it can be through um, sending, taking your pictures and using avatar. Uh, so there are a lot uh, to do in that specific um, uh, idea, more than just having a chat status. Uh, and uh, if any of uh, uh, you in the in the audience right now have any ideas, feel free to send it over to me. I would love to know more how I can make that experience better. Love that. Uh, I think everybody in the audience should consider that a personal challenge. And this actually nicely <laughs> yeah. into the uh, the next topic that I wanted to discuss here, which was around optimizing user experience. So you've talked about a number of different ways to make the user experience better. And I'm curious, as you're thinking about improving overall user experience, what are Guess's top considerations? Okay, so that's a hard question. And we have <laughs> hundreds of different considerations. And... Uh, but I think the 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 most important one is to like innovate our customer journey journeys. Um, it can be through uh, 
like solutions like Salesforce, Journey Builder, or like all the tools we have, how we can unify all that digital and physical experience. Um, I think I will throw another number. I think I read somewhere that 42% of uh, customers think that it will be helpful for uh, them if they are shopping offline in stores to have their online search behavior um, when they are in the store. So if then you walk in and someone in there has already have like all your previous search history and they can personalize your experience when you're in the store, that that per customer will convert for two percent higher. So so how we can like give those tools to our our um, reps in the stores, uh, it can like right now we try to do it with our apps. Uh, but there there should be something else. There should be a next step where when you walk in, um, you have an experience in the retail store based on your liking and not you're just walking in and looking at all and trying to figure out where to go, what to look for. So so I think that can be done somehow through, um, like right now we are doing it using our guest list profile. So if you are a guest list member, we have all the purchase history of uh, what you have previously bought. So when you go onto the cash register, uh, the person who is uh, standing over there can pull those uh, details out and give you uh, um, like a couple of suggestions. But that's like N steps. It can be done before that. And I think that's what we're trying to do. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to quickly move from here. There's there's actually a lot more to unpack here, but I'm realizing I, I want to be conscious of time and keeping an eye on that. I want to talk a little bit more about partnerships because you've indicated that this was very successful for guests, that there's a lot of testing that goes into this. And I guess maybe a higher level question, as you're encouraging other people to think about this, are there any best practices that you have or alternatively or additionally, any red flags that people should look out for as they're thinking about partnering with another company? I think uh, the partnership should be win-win for both the brands who you are partnering with. So if you think that when you're talking to someone and the deal is too good to be true, you should back off right away because there's no other brand okay with giving you everything which you are looking for without getting anything out of it. So the conversation should be super clear from the first first conversation or first day that we are doing this partnership on a mutual mutual benefit and what you are looking for, what we are looking for, and how we can uh, make sure that it's a successful one. And cannot be successful if uh, you think that you're getting everything out of it, but they're not getting anything out of it. You will end up uh, wasting a lot of time uh, because they are not super excited about that specific partnership. So having a strategic, a strategic partnerships with brands, uh, the goal, if there's a revenue, then the, the, the end goal uh, should be how you can minimize your marketing spend. And uh, for us as a brand, we, we heavily invest on um, like a lot of different channels where we, uh, we push a lot of our marketing budgets and a partnership is a place where if you, if you work on it strategically, I think we can minimize a lot of marketing spend and generate a massive amount of revenue without, because because those people who are coming in from those other brands have inclination, they are connected to them and they have um, some kind of stories which they are connected to with them. And then if they uh, 
push your message with their brand, it will uh, it will be easier for you to convert those uh, those traffic, those customers, or those uh, those loyal customers of their brand. So it should be a mutual mutual um, uh, partnership. Perfect. That's some great advice. And with that, let's actually use the last couple of minutes to answer some audience questions. Uh, so this is going to be a little bit of a potpourri. First question okay. is, what channel have you found, <clears throat> excuse me, that has grown your user base exponentially time and time again? Okay, so I think the answer is like, it's not like a surprising, but email is something which is a massive revenue generation for us and it's never ending. So I would suggest like, I'm not sure after GDPR what you can do, what you can do, but uh, uh, I think email is a platform which will be here um, no matter what. Uh, so if you are trying to focus on all those different channels, don't forget that you make sure that you ask for the email from uh, your anyone who's coming onto your website or traffic and try to figure out how you can collect as many emails as you can, because no matter what, how much traffic you are generating right now, uh, that may not be helpful for you in the long term. Uh, but if you have uh, your customer's email, you can use it and leverage it from multiple ways. You can uh, you can send them uh, retargeting emails. You can ask them to come back and look at your new product or if it's a, um, any new any new uh, brand you're launching or anything, and you can ask them to come back. If you're not okay with sending them those uh, marketing emails, you can use those email lists to create lookalike. Uh, no matter what, if you're using Facebook ads, uh, you can push that email list and, and use that to create lookalike audience and target some similar audiences. Perfect. We have time for one last question. This is a, a multi-part one, so forgive me. But... Uh, the question is, what kind of response do you see from users that are unhappy? Are they likely to actually engage and give you negative feedback? And can you reference any key learnings you got from these responses that impacted the way that you think about your mobile apps? So I think that's a good question. And uh, we, we are learning and uh, trying to figure out how we can uh, make use of those uh, uh, customers who are not happy with the experience they are having with our band, no matter which channel they are at, uh, use the like the good example is our chat. So, uh, chat status is a big place where if your customers come in and usually you say, "Oh, my order is not here yet," or uh, it's more like a customer support complaints and those kind of things. Uh, so we try to push them and give them best experience through chat, and uh, um, if if that person is not happy, we usually give them a promo code or we get them free shipping on their next order. And uh, those couple of things are something just super easy. And, and when they, when we use that, uh, we we push them to go give a good review rather than giving a bad review. Because those people who are, uh, like most of those people who are having a bad experience and trying to, and are coming in and complaining, most likely they're gonna go give review. And it will be a bad review. So you can use that opportunity by giving them a better experience from there on, so and and pushing them that oh, if you have a good experience, feel free to go and leave a good review uh, on the app store or um, anywhere they are going next. So 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 
So that's the thing. I think you can use those customers. And uh, same with Yelp. If, like, for example, a lot of people, if you see on the Yelp reviews, they use leave a bad review. You go and talk to them, but you know that that person is going to review no matter what. So you can give them a better experience by giving them a free meal or give them a free promo code for their next order and give them a better experience and they will go change that one star to five star. You will not get it from a happy customer. I love it. That is great advice, <clears throat> excuse me, to end the webinar on. Um, Haseeb, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much, Jim. It was uh, nice talking to you, and it's always uh, good to connect with uh, you guys at Branch. Sounds great. Um, everybody, please uh, sign up RSVP for our next episode in the Mobile Transformation webinar series on June 27th. Look forward to seeing you then. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.